everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. Today is all about the ins and outs of natural plant dyes, how to make use of kitchen scraps and waste products in order to make something beautiful and creative, and the damage synthetic dye is doing to our planet and the health of garment workers. Suzanne Valencourt is the owner of Funky Buddha Collection, a clothing business focusing on natural dyes and materials, and she was so fun to talk to. Ready to get creative and try something new? Let's go. So tell me a little bit about uh, your company that you run or your business that you run and uh, how it started. Well, I ran a business. It's called Funky Buddha Collection. Mm -hmm. I started in 2011. Oh, wow. But prior to that, I was Soul Catcher 3, and that was more of an import company. Okay. Yeah. So um, I used to own a store in Peterborough Mm -hmm. called the Funky Buddha. Mm Mm-hmm and many people know it. I left that partnership and uh, really wanted to do Canadian made. I wanted organics um, and I was uh, very deeply concerned about um, synthetic fabrics on the skin to the environment as well. And um, of course, I love hemp, (laughs) you know, um, because hemp is the most sustainable fabric in the world. Cool. Yeah, it really is. How? What is it? What's so sustainable about it? Well, it creates oxygen. It's an extremely fast growing plant that needs, um, or weed, I should say, that needs no uh, fertilizers, doesn't need uh, very much water. It can be used as food. It can be used as biofuel. Um, oh my gosh! There is no footprint with hemp. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard. It's a hard sell because it's not silky soft like a synthetic. Right. That's why and you're getting the blend with organic cotton as well, right? That's it. Yeah. No, but it's all made in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's all small batch, um, very small little organization run by two little ladies cool Um, everything (laughs) why didn't i know this that's amazing Mm -hmm. wow lots of environmental aspects to clothing that is good for people as well as good for the planet eh and they kind of go hand in hand when you're talking about human health you're also talking about planet health in a lot of ways or you can be if you're doing it naturally so some of the kinds of things that you sell what what are part of the funky buddha collection now well now i use modal so Modell is from um, a beechwood tree. Oh, it's cool. very similar to bamboo. It's a rayon, but it is um, all now made in Toronto, which is wow, beautiful. Okay. And it's uh, very sustainable as well. And I use also, obviously, the hemp, but it's always blended with organic cotton. Okay. I also do a process where I plant dye. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's what a, I want to talk about today yeah, is yeah, yeah, the natural course. dyes. I'm so excited. Natural dyeing. How did the natural dyeing start? Like, how did you come to be interested in that kind of method of making clothes? Well, it's very interesting. Oh, I, I wholesale as well, my collection, okay. over the years. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not always actively wholesaling. But um, in any case, I had a company that commissioned me to make um, bathrobes for them. Wow. So I said, oh, maybe I'll take 50 for myself and I'll sell them in my collection. Okay, cool. And, you know, they were those plain, natural, cream-colored, uh, organic cotton. Hmm. And, you know, they weren't moving that great. And then I got this great idea that I would uh, tie-dye it. That's fun. Um, Yeah, yeah. But then um, somehow I stumbled on meeting a woman who was doing plant dyeing. So I commissioned her to do the house coats for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then from there, 
I realized it was so expensive. So I took a course in indigo dyeing. I started with indigo. Wow, yeah. Started with indigo and then I did a few myself, you know. And indigo is beautiful. It doesn't it's matter. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So we met because you were at the farmer's market doing an indigo dyeing workshop. And you, we were just dyeing small table napkins, basically. Mm-hmm. And the result is so stunning. Like, it was just such an incredible blue color. Well, indigo blue is just such an incredible color. And it was so easy. We were just doing it really fast. Like, while people were shopping at the market, they got to put their little tie-dyed knots or whatever into the fabric first. You were dying. And then we came back and picked their creations up. And it was so cool. Yeah. The thing is, it's it's instant results, you mm-hmm. know, and um, not a lot of... I mean, obviously, uh, you can get very intricate mm-hmm. with um, shibori stitching, which is a Japanese form and technique of uh, creating patterns on fabric. You know, and you can also get into, um, yeah, doing a lot of tying uh, small knots to create different patterns. Right. Yeah. You know, that's all very time consuming. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do that. You mm-hmm. can, you know, and if you make a mistake, you can just dye it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the different materials and plant materials that you're using to, to get these cool colors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I buy a lot of my dyes from um, a company in Vancouver. Cool. I get logwood, which is a purple. Cool. I get um, osage, which is a tree pulp from osage trees. Okay. Which creates really bright yellow. Wow. I get cooch, which is a brown, madder root, which is a red, many different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I recently started making my own colors. So I would collect uh, goldenrod from around um, Costco of all places. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like out behind the Costco. Garbage bags yeah. full of wow. Costco lo- uh, goldenrod. Yeah. And it creates this incredible gold. You wow. Know? That's so amazing. people can do it at home. Yeah, so have you been foraging much more lately for different kinds of things? What can you get in southern Ontario area? Uh, You can get, obviously, the goldenrod, but uh, marigolds are incredible as well. Just the deadheading of the marigolds, and they're everywhere. And most people don't deadhead them because they deadhead themselves, but if you use that, it creates a beautiful kind of orangey, depending on which color is the marigold. And then um, sumac is also incredible. Cool. Yeah, I can give a green. um, Which is so unexpected because it's a deep red color Mm -hmm. when it's on a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it depends with mordants, you know, if you're mixing with mordants. Right, Um, But sumac has its natural tannins, Mm -hmm. so it's also something you can use if you want to dye into another color, say, to goldenrod. You need to put a tannin into the cloth. Okay. Yeah. So the whole natural dyeing process, for those who don't know, it's, uh, you have your natural dye material, Mm -hmm. and then how do you take that dye fabric and then make it permanent so it doesn't yeah. wash away. So what's yeah. kind of the step-by-step step for that? Well, you always have to think of your fabric. Is it a protein fabric or is it a cellulose fabric? What are those fabrics made from that makes them a protein or a cellulose? Well, silk would be a protein because it's made uh, from worms. Uh, wool would be a protein. Okay. You know, any kind of wool, any kind of like fur. Animal byproduct. Animal, right. And then cotton would be a cellulose. Why would be the vegan, more, yeah, the, the, the more natural um, okay. grown fabrics. Okay, yeah. amazing. Yeah. The difference would be the kind of soap you would use to scour 
the fabrics. Okay. So for the cellulose fabrics, I use a thing called Synthetol, I think. I can't remember <laughs> the name, but anyway, you can get it at Maiwa. Maiwa is a great company if you really wanted to just buy little samples and you wanted to just experiment at home. Sure. Um, they sell lovely little uh, kits and stuff to experiment with. You need to scour the fabric, so it means you have to boil the fabric okay. for an hour in a soap. And uh, soda ash can be added as well, just mm. to kind of uh, pH the water. Mm -hmm. And then on the protein side, you get a product called Orvis, I think, or Orvis. Sorry, but it's, uh, I forget <laughs> what it's called. But you can also buy that at um, stores where you buy things for cattle or horses. It's an actual soap that they use on the skin of animals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but you could also buy it at Maiwa too, but locally you could buy that. And so you have your different types of fabric and then you have, say I have a garbage bag full of goldenrod heads. What do I do to the goldenrod to turn it into a dye? Well then, you need a big pot. Yep. <laughs> you know, but if you don't have a big pot and you're just doing a small project, you don't need a big pot. But mm -hmm. the more golden rod you get in there, then of course, the deeper the yellow you're going to get. Cool. And depending on what time of year you pick it, that will determine also the color you will get. That's amazing. Yeah. So you boil it for a good hour. You can leave it soaking for a few days, keep boiling it on and off. Wow. And then just be careful you don't um, forget about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you'll get your color. Okay, and so then I strain all the goldenrod out, and I can just put my fabric in, and then what's uh, the next Well, process? no, we, we missed a step. Oh, okay. Go there's, back. There's, um, yeah, yeah, so we have to go back. So you scour, mm -hmm. then, you know, you boil it for a, a good hour, get all the wax and dirt out of the fabric, then you want to rinse it, mm -hmm. and then you want to put it in a second bath, which would be a tannin. Now, a tannin bath could be a black walnut is, is tannin-rich, mm -hmm. like if you wanted to do local stuff. Sumac is also tannin-rich. Mm -hmm. I use a thing called gallnut, which is very uh, neutral, like it doesn't change the color of the fabric. Right, yeah. And then, um, you know, there are other types of tannins. Tea, tea is rich in tannin. Okay. Then soak it again for 45 minutes, simmering. And you can leave that for a day or two if you want, you know. And then you would rinse it, and then the third bath would be a mordant bath. So it would be a, like a, a salt bath. So you could use anything from alum sulfate to alum acetate. And you can usually I, buy that sort of thing. Yeah, in, I think in, you can um, use vinegar and salt. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many ways to approach. But it's really good to follow those steps with natural dyeing because mm -hmm. otherwise the dye won't take. Right. You know, unless it's black walnut, like I said. That that, that has the tannin yeah, in it already. It's, you, you're already dyed. What's the tannin for? What does that uh, do for the Um Does it help it absorb it? it well, that's it's, yes, it helps it absorb it. But yeah. I don't know. It must do something to create the right pH, the right zone for it to absorb because it's not synthetic. You know, the synthetic dye is just, you don't need to prepare the fabric like that. Right, yeah. You need a calcium carbonate bath as well. So even you could use, I know it sounds kind of gross, but you could use urine, you know. Oh, yes. yes. I've heard that, uh, that you could use. That is um, gross, but I've heard that that was something done in the medieval times. Oh, you can times. use bran, wheat bran, you okay. know, in water, lots of water. I think you could probably use uh, soy, like um, soy milk, someone nice I read somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then you're ready to dye now. And then you're ready to yeah, dye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to dye yeah. your fabric. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Is it possible to purchase fabric that is already ready to go rather than um, having to do those four baths and then do the dye? 
I think my wa may sell that. Okay. I think they they may. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. include that in our. I mean, show I notes. of course could sell. You know, I could of course could do it for someone, but you know, it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a time consuming thing. That's why you know that's why people don't natural dye. Yeah. Yeah. And so after you have put your fabric into your dye bath, how long do you want that to soak? Is that just based on how deep you want your color to be? Well, how deep you want your color to be would be determined at the concentration of okay. the goldenrod. So you would obviously water it down. If you were really trying to go for a really pale color, you know, you may just keep adding more, getting the color you want, mm-hmm. starting yeah. small because it's a pretty powerful color. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and so yeah. does it need to sit in there for a certain length of time? Um, you can soak it as long as you want. You mm-hmm. know, you could soak it for three, four days if you want. Yeah. It's a lot of trial um, and error though, eh? Well, it's it. a lot of what, you know, you take it out. Oh, is it not what I want? Maybe you leave it in for a few more days and take it out. Maybe that's not what I want. Then you make another bath or you, mm-hmm. you change it. But cool. that's involving a lot of time. Yes. But you it's know. just kind of exploring this. Yeah, it is Well, fun. and the thing is, is if you're just doing one project... Oh my goodness, you could just go crazy. Yeah. You know, but I'm doing more than one project at a time. So. Yes, and it's a business. So you're mm-hmm. trying to have as few mistakes as possible at this point. Yeah. So you're not wasting materials yeah. or time and effort and energy. But yeah. you know what's interesting, Elspeth, is there's no such thing as a mistake in plant dyeing. That's yeah. good to know. There is no such thing as a mistake because you can always replant dye it. Yes, you know? that's true. You could always dip it in indigo. You could always. Uh, do something else to it. That's know? awesome. Mm-hmm. Because then uh, you could also double dye it where you've got a different color too and mm-hmm. it'll just change the color. And if it ends up just being like a murky brown color, then you have a brown garment. <laughs> you have a brown ugly garment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but then you can eco print on that. <gasps> what and... is eco printing? Oh, eco printing is where I. So that's when I do a lot of foraging. So I just go everywhere and collect. Any leaf I find, you know, cool. sumac leaves are amazing. Goldenrod is amazing as well. I um, think you had the marigolds as well. Oh yeah, the marigolds. Time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have hundreds of marigolds. Yeah. Yeah. They are beautiful because they just leave this, you know, oh, so what I do then mm-hmm. is I create a whole bunch of different paints and those are based on concentrations of uh, vinegar, alum sulfate, gargum, which is a thickener. Oh yeah. And then I do various concentrations of that. And then I do one with ferrous phosphate in it. And then cool. I make paints. And then they and then I just paint each leaf one at a time. And then I would stick it on the garment all mm-hmm. over, cover it. And then you would roll it. And then you would wrap it in rope, string. And then steam it for an hour in a dye or not. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have something completely unique. Yeah, and, absolutely. Because yeah. it's like printing. Because mm-hmm. the ink or the paint that you've created that's being stamped on with the leaf Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. that kind of detail from the leaf gets transferred on oh yeah it's so cool I've seen some of the marigolds being printed on napkins and they are just so stunning it's like it's like you've pressed flowers like dried flowers and pressed them and somehow adhered them to your fabric like it's so cool I mean even myself it feels like Christmas when you're opening up one of those bundles because you really have absolutely no idea what you're gonna get So talking about synthetic fabrics and synthetic dyes, you are really focused on the natural stuff because of its like better quality for our skin when we're wearing it and better for planet health. Do you know much about the environmental impact that synthetic dyes have just on our waterways or uh, for workers, people working with dyes like that? Like, is it kind of 
caustic. Oh, yes. The life expectancy of uh, anyone working with synthetic dyes is a, a short life. Not to mention the dyes can leave permanent stains on people's hands. Wells can be completely contaminated. Uh, there is a place in India that has to have uh, the water uh, brought in, you know, two hours away. It has to be brought in. Because it's uh, been so because contaminated, it's contaminated yeah, by the garment contaminated inter- industry. Holy. Of, yeah, yeah. And indigo, synthetic indigo, has been a huge polluter. Wow. Yeah, the makings of jeans has created blue rivers across wherever it is used. And so natural dyes are different. The oh, natural yeah. dyes don't oh, yeah. do that. And I know that the dyes that they choose at Maiwa are all uh, sustainably uh, farmed. Yeah, I really recommend it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I'll include that in our show notes so that people can yeah. have access to it. And they have amazing workshops as well. Yeah. That's awesome. But you have to go to Vancouver, oh, which is turn. also a great trip. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go there? Oh, I did. I did an indigo <laughs> workshop there. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I did 24 hours of learning. So we talked a little bit about how people can do natural dyes at home, but is it... Is it something that you could use secondhand fabric for ever? Like if you had some cotton sheets or something like that and you just wanted to practice uh, all of your own dyeing, what would you recommend? The thing that's easiest is really the indigo. Because, really? um, okay, <laughs> hold on. It's, are you, because you mentioned sheets, that's why. Okay? Right. Because sheets are huge. Yeah. And if you're going to dye sheets, you're going to need a huge pot. Right. With indigo, you can have just a pail. You know, oh, and you can have it running right. all the time. Right. It can be constantly running. So yes, you can get anything that is used. Mm-hmm. And really, any light color will dye. Oh, perfect. Right. So it, it has to be cotton mm-hmm. or any natural fiber. It can be bamboo. can be model or uh, silk. Wool. Linen. Yeah. Wool. Yes. Okay. But you have to be careful of wool shrinking. Right. But you can also take um, onion skins and boil those. What? And create a color. What color would that be? It's like a pinky color. What? Yeah, yeah. I have heard about avocado skins. Yeah. They, what do they, ca- they have like a nice pink color yes, as well. Yeah, Which is crazy pretty. because you're like, oh, you can use avocado to dye uh, fabric. And of course, it's not green or black. It's pink. I know, okay. it's pink. I know. What are yeah. some of the other unexpected colors that you can get? Unexpected because the natural oh. plant is something other Different. than what it dyes oh. as. Like what does black walnut come out as? Oh, black walnut comes out as champagne. Ooh. Like almost like the color of your walls. Okay, everyone now knows yeah. the color of my walls. They're champagne. Yeah. yeah, I've always described the paint in this apartment as like the inside of a goat's stomach. So yeah. I'm yeah. not a big yeah. fan. Precisely why I'm going to eco-print the, the wall, black walnut. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Um, yeah. Any other ones that are like an unexpected color that you can get? The, the color of the red skins from the onion is golden yellow. Oh, lovely. Okay. Very pretty, yeah. Wow. You can experiment, you know, and look online. There's all kinds of YouTube videos out mm-hmm. there that will teach you how to uh, experiment at home. And yeah. Old bed sheets are great. I did, um, I've indigo dyed both mine, and I've got a huge duvet cover now oh, that, that I'm working on. I keep awesome. wanting to do mine, but I'm like, oh, I have to work on the people that oh, right. are going to buy from me, not for myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. So where would you order indigo dye from? Uh, Maiwa. Okay. Maiwa. But there's there's a company on um, Amazon called Jacquard. Okay. And it's a, a kit. But I don't know. It may be, synth- it may be synthetic. So I, okay. you want to be careful of that one. Actually, the Maiwa sells a kit. Just buy the small kit, you mm-hmm. know, with all the little ingredients. And then you've got enough to probably dye... 10 t-shirts or something that's amazing you know yeah yeah 
Oh, that's so nice cool. Christmas gift, maybe. Yeah, too that bad I wasn't so selling cool. that for myself. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, but oh, I may awesome. be doing a. I will be doing a uh, workshop at Sustain. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be teaching um, how to make uh, aprons. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So you can go there. Yeah. That's great. Do you have any other workshops that are coming up? Like when? When is that one? Because well, there's... I'm almost done my website, so yeah. um, I will let you know funkybuddhacollection.com. I'm almost done. I have all my photos. I'm just loading a few more little bios. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So I am having a open house on the, the Friday 13th. the thirteenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. That'll be nice. Yeah. So that's at nine twenty six High Street, Unit Three. Okay. It's with uh, Bill Reddick, Porcelain. Okay. Right? And your Sustain workshop, when is that happening? That's going to happen in January sometime. Great. I haven't got a, an official date, but you can contact them. That's perfect. Yeah. They yeah. don't even have the info out yet, so just... Okay. We'll <laughs> but keep it'll it be in January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so much fun to, to see the magic happen, like to take something completely white and put it in and have it just come out this like mesmerizing blue. What is indigo? Where does that come from? Well, indigo is a plant. It's a green plant. It has a very long history. It comes from India. Japan has indigo as well. France has a plant called woad, which is a lighter blue. Okay. Um, and before indigo, they had their woad. But there is a lot of um, colonization around indigo yeah, in a terrible way in India. There. Yeah, where they forced farmers to grow indigo, indigo instead of food, and <sighs> then they prepaid them and had them farm, and then in the end, the farmers ended up owing them money. So they d- destroyed a lot of farms and lives. Then, of course, synthetic indigo was uh, yeah. created, and then these farmers were left with this indigo. Of course, uh, it had a very bad history for mm-hmm. East Indians. And it kind of lost uh, its original amazingness. Yeah. And anyway, there's a revival now. There's a resurgence of indigo being um, grown sustainably in India. And ethically. And ethically, of course. Yeah. Very important. It is. And a lot of environmental issues, it's been a bit of a theme lately, but a lot of environmental issues are often tied to social justice issues and the ethical treatment of workers, especially in the fashion industry and the garment production industry is atrocious. So just trying to bring awareness to that and seeking more natural options, more ethically sourced options is something that like, if you're interested, anybody listening, if you're interested in getting into natural dyes, that's another reason to, to source that kind of thing. I totally agree, of course. Yeah. When you think of children possibly oh, working geez. in these factories, yeah. when you think of the conditions of these places, and when you think about the pay of these workers, yeah. It is not sustainable. No. And it is not um, a living. It is slave labor. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. So uh, when you tru- choose fast fashion, you it's very hard to be transparent and know exactly where that garment came from, uh, who farms the, fa- the fabric, where, you know, what were the conditions for the, of the workers. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There is a wonderful conference, though, that happens in every October called WEAR, W-E-A-R. Oh, okay. Um, and it's all about that. Yeah, it's all about the fashion industry. And, Amazing. And there's also a group called Fashion Takes Action Okay. in Toronto Yeah, that are uh, deeply involved in 
you know, sustainable platforms for the fashion industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I've heard, I've heard of a campaign as well called who made my clothes. Um, Oh yeah. And just like making you stop and think, even if it's impossible at this point to trace a single item of your clothing back to what company, what uh, country, what person, it's still important to stop and realize somebody made my clothes and that it's not just arriving out of thin air to acknowledge the fact that somebody has made this and to learn more about the um, conditions that it was made in uh, will make you respect clothing, hopefully a lot more, and try and extend the life of a single item of clothing so you're not just throwing it in the garbage if it gets a tear or a stain or something like that, like really, really rethinking the disposability of clothing given the effort and the resources and the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into every garment. It's just a huge topic and issue that we're really just scraping the surface of. It's also the waste. The waste. The waste is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's also unsustainable. Absolutely. You know, but I always thought, what if we all got together and just cut them all up and started making big carpets, you know, with the, with the leftovers, you yeah. know, or something, you know, because, uh, they're just sitting there on beaches. I mean, I've seen photographs, you know. Of clothing. They end up in third world countries and they, and don't, they know don't know what to do them. with it. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much handicraft, you know. Yeah. That is an interesting idea of what to do with this excess of clothing. Well, number one, we should just stop producing so much fast fashion. But what to do with the existing excess that we have. Making carpets. I've heard of people making um, weaving mats and stuff, like sleeping yeah. mats for yeah. homeless shelters, for oh. anybody in need of that. I mean, making carpets is an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of something like that. Trying to think of a new use for what is considered like a waste product right now mm. is something that I would love to do more Even of. stuffing couches or, yeah, you know, exactly. just uh, grinding it up and... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Turning uh, it into stuffing would be a good use. Yeah. Put it somewhere where it's not going to leach too. If it's plastic stuff like mm-hmm. um, synthetics, yeah. they don't biodegrade. No, you know? and the microplastics are going That's into it. our oceans. So it's better well. to try to contain it. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about another thing that hemp is amazing for is to pull out toxin from soil as well. What? Yeah. So it actually it, um, during uh, after Chernobyl. They planted hemp crops to pull out the radiation. Whoa. But then someone brought it to my attention that what do you do with that hemp now, now that it's contaminated? Right. How do you contain that? Hmm. You know? That's so interesting. I didn't realize that hemp could do that. Oh, yeah. It's a miracle plant. It is. Was there any other um, topics that we kind of missed that you want to talk about? When you get into plant dyeing, it becomes a -a one-of-a-kind piece. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not even... You know, it's blobby sometimes. Yeah, because it's all like just soaking in a pot, basically. Mm-hmm. And so then it's going to have splotches. And, and so that's part of your kind of brand or your aesthetic, too, is that it's not mm-hmm. it's not this flawless, even dye. It's mm-hmm. going to have variations and it's going to be variegated and a surprise every time. Yeah. That's it. It's so fun. Well, you have to come over because we live around the corner from each other. Yes, we are. Very, like know. we're basically neighbors. So. Oh, I can't wait to do more natural Mm -hmm. dyeing too um any resources that you really love online that i can share with other people books to recommend oh okay yes of course yeah um there's a wonderful woman named india flint okay and she has a wonderful book something colors but if you look up india flint you will surely find her book great um she's very inspiring 
And I do love Michel Garcia. Okay. I have his video. Mm-hmm. You can buy that also on MyWa because it gives you a lot of tips. Oh, and then you can amazing. watch the whole process. Amazing. Um, that's a wonderful way to learn. But I recommend this, okay? You have an old something that's an old t-shirt. It's small. Uh, you put some pits of your avocados. You save them in your freezer as you go through them. You boil up those pits. You know, you get you strain it, and then you just throw your T-shirt in. You yeah. know, maybe wash it first, you know, and maybe have it wet before yeah. you put it in. And then bingo, throw it in there and see what happens. Cool. Know? Pink T-shirt. Yeah, pink <laughs> T-shirt. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And you make that last bit sound very simple, and you're just going to see what happens because it's just, it's all these natural dyes and... What is awesome is using the waste product from your kitchen. So onion skins, yes. like you could use red cabbage oh, or yes, you could cabbage, use turmeric, turmeric, of yeah, course, yes. anything that, um, uh, well, especially the, like the pits and the skins of things, like things that were just going to go in your compost or yeah. in your garbage, like you can experiment. use them. Yeah. Have fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it is so fun. And you can get involved with your children, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely, yeah. because you're not worried about harmful chemicals or anything mm, like that. You're just harmful. able to... Yeah, that's no. awesome. How do you make sure that nothing washes away when you put it in the laundry? Okay, that is all part of your process when mm. you're doing the scouring, the tannin, right. okay. the mordant, yeah. the calcium, and then the dye. Mm-hmm. And then you would take your garment and you would rinse it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And then you would hang it to dry and, uh, you know, it's good to go. But, you know, when you wash it, um, use very mild soap. Yeah. Put it on the gentle hand wash cycle. Maybe don't put it in with anything that you don't want to have turn pink. <laughs> well, the thing is, is once that dye set, it should not run. Oh, that's amazing. No, it that's should great. not run. I mean, when I dye, my stuff doesn't run. Okay, indigo is really hard to rinse. So I always say wash that in the machine once separate. Yeah. You know, because uh, rinse it thoroughly first and then put it in the machine because mm-hmm. it's hard to get rid of all the indigo. Yeah. But other than that, they're, that's they're so pretty cool. Sad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's me great. too. Yeah. Me too. So you said your website is funkybuddhacollection.com. Is that's there right. anything that you're on, like social media at all? That oh, yeah. Can I'm on connect? Instagram. Okay. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not always actively posting, but I, I put my stories up here and there. Great. I'm on Facebook. Yep. And uh, I don't tweet, though. No. Do you tweet? No. <laughs> I know. Tweeting's hard. Instagram is the place that I like. Yeah, so me too. That's where I hang out. Yeah. That's where I hang out, too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this awesome interview and for teaching us all about natural dyes and uh, hopefully we get to attend a workshop or something soon. Thanks, Elspeth. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you would like to learn more about Suzanne and natural plant dyes, you can connect with her at Funky Buddha Collection. Details in the show notes below. We also have a few resources in the show notes that we'll be sharing throughout the week on our social media for you to learn more about plant dyes and social justice in the fashion industry. Though we barely covered that, so hopefully another episode will be coming along soon that dives deeper there. If you liked today's episode, you'd probably enjoy episode 9, Secondhand September, and episode 44, Mend Everything. You can find those in our archives wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a review, I would be so grateful if you did. You can do that in the Apple Podcast app by scrolling to the bottom of the podcast page and telling me what you think. And the holidays are coming quickly. What are you doing to make it as sustainable as possible? Send an email to practicallyzerowaste at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at practicallyzerowastepod to let me know. I would love to hear from you.
you. Thanks. That's all for now. Enjoy making use of your food scraps this week. If you try some plant dye techniques, tag us on Instagram. If you do, I would love to see your results and talk to you soon. Thank you.